when we get to that scene, I'll tell you. Okay, does the, in the dream sequence, is there a Christian licorice store? <laughs> All right, I'll just tell you. There's a guy who's a song, uh, like a folk singer kind of person, like one of those singer-songwriters with a guitar, and he's in the film. <clears throat> he's got a song uh, called Pleasant Street. Pleasant Street, okay? okay? It says, the lyrics are, you don't remember what to say, you don't remember what to do, you don't remember where to go, you don't remember what to choose. You wheel, you steal, you feel, you kneel down, and all the stony people walking around in Christian licorice clothes. I can't hesitate. I can't wait for Pleasant Street. That's it. Christian licorice clothes became Christian licorice store. There's no reason. So the lyrics are about a guy who feels uh, alienated from people hating him but he doesn't care about your moral clothes and that's what he's about that's a Bo Bridges thing this is what yeah. he, never saw, he, he should have so stayed for the, they should have stayed for the movie like and they would have lived you they gotta figure it out okay the guy who wrote this and was a producer is called Floyd Mutt vroom vroom and he picked the name he you remember the Hollywood Nights in 1980 yeah, right. I haven't seen it. I know of it. Oh, you never saw it? Okay. Oh, I, I think I read about it. Go and find Hollywood Nights. You should see that. So, I think he was you know, still in. All right. He's still in. So, anyway, Angeles. he made that film. That's um, okay. I won't go on about him. It's just that he had a big part in have, making this thing happen. Oh, look, it's Wilson from uh, Castaway. Yeah, it's his yeah. first ever. This is his premiere film. He's not credited. Not credited. Okay? Well, yeah. I mean, Ironically, it is. Tennis racket. He said, you know, "Like, yeah, can I at least have my name in the movie?" And they said, "All right, Bonds, John, John I, Johnny, John. Oh, multiple Johnnies, Johnnies. <laughs> Look at that. I bet that place does not exist." So now we're having a montage of two men about town. Let's get some roasted chicken for a dollar of twenty-five. And I think all they're trying to do is say, this guy's his mentor, he's right by his side, he's his partner through everything. Look, they're reading the newspaper in a diner. I'm so glad I went to this movie. <laughs> I never have a chance to see that on the big screen instead of walking by it on the on the street. Uh, did you see Marmaduke? That was really funny. You see how he was swiping, like even though it was a manual thing. Like when you turned the pages, when you yeah. read the paper, you were swiping. We invented swiping. Well, you notice that he went to the very corner and pulled it because it was like dog-eared already. Right, right. Yeah. And then eating a hot dog and then going to a payphone. Yeah. Now. She, Maude Adams, was a model, and she only had eaten a hot dog because the, the director said, roll them. You know she didn't eat hot dogs. At this point in my life, I would not eat a hot dog and then go to a payphone. I would probably, like, pace myself. <laughs> I would not walk into a payphone with a hot dog. No, you know, maybe I'm older. You know, Stan Lee? Itchy That's guy. A Stan Lee cameo. Oh, almost yeah. every Barbie Twins. One. Hugh Hefner having a beer. Now, Maude started. Adams was, um, she broke, she was a model, but she broke into film pretty quick. She was in Rollerball as the love interest, not the love interest, like a sort James of wife. Bond. 
of James Con, yeah. Yeah, she said, honey, what are you, where are you going? Right. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to go outside. I'll be right back. Yeah. You're right. going to go rollerball. No, but she, that scene, she, he was, he let her go. She oh, was yeah. a, right? She was I don't a, remember that movie. Oh, okay. Um, but really, she was a Bond girl. The man right. with the golden gun, Octopussy. She was an extra in A View to a Kill. She was just there to meet, to see Roger Moore, and they, they made was her an the same. Was he the same character? No. No. Was he Octopussy? She was, n okay. Um, I saw Octopussy. I don't remember. I don't remember that movie. She uh, she was the only actress to play a title role in a Bond movie, which she did in Octopussy in 83. Boom. She played secondary Bond girl in The Man with the Golden Gun. Uh, and she was visiting Roger Moore, and they just put her in the film in The View to a Kill. Nice. Okay, so they met each other at the party. They had a little you know, sex. Uh -huh. And we saw a day of the two of them apart. And now they're taking a drive together. And we're going to now meet the legendary director, um, uh, Renoir, Jean Renoir. Jean Renoir. Jean Renoir. Now, the thing is, the credits don't say France. Like, the, this was a filming location. But, I mean. This is France? I don't the know. Jean, okay, Jean Renoir was a very famous director live, of French films. She, he's actually the son of, you know, Renoir, that artist. Yeah, um, and the only film I know of is his Grand Illusion, and I don't even think I've seen it. Uh, yeah, Gr La Grande Illusion, 1937. Oh, yeah. Rules of the Game, no? Yeah, he, he, oh, really, for Monopoly and Scrabble? I love his work. <laughs> I'm very familiar. And, His Citizens uh, of Catan was genius. So he, the executive producer's wife, was a family friend of the Renoirs in France. She was like a French lady, a Claudia, blah, 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 blah. And um, so they just asked him. He called in all these favors. He agreed to do it. I can't see him flying all the way to L.A. to do it, but this was the last major motion picture he was in. Even though its release was so pathetic, this is his last. And he's just talking about life. Yeah, he's talking about a book he's writing, and he's complimenting Maud on how pretty she is, and she's—he's saying that he sees the two of them being a couple, and he goes like, "Marry her, you will be happier for all your days." Go ahead, listen to him if you want. Okay, marry her. <laughs> Live the rest of your life with her day. Yeah. How about tomorrow? How about today? Oh, I right. in my book. I guess that's the beginning of it all I'm witnessing now. See, there's the talk about am. them being together. But it, okay, but it, so Wait, go ahead, keep it up, keep it up. To have the limitation and to stand the screen. You should also walk in the middle of life together. Uh, this is just one take, you and you're going to put it in the movie. It's a single take. I'm not going to reshoot my my conversation. Chicken, chicken. Hey, <laughs> 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 
That's wonderful. You don't need it. <laughs> hey, how, how come that uh, tree is so strangely shaped? Because this tree died. You know, the, the big trunk, which is so beautiful in the middle, is a dead tree. And this tree, even being dead, had a certain uh, lust for life. Now, you're right about this, the scene. It was a one-take scene. It was completely improvised. The only thing the director wanted was Jean Renoir in his, his um, Pierre-Auguste Renoir in his film, sort of like bragging rights. So he talks about it in that interview in his retirement home. Jean Renoir was a favor. He's like a Picasso, one of the great men of all time, a great filmmaker. So we allowed... We were allowed to be in his house for the afternoon. That's why I think it's in France. Makes sense. You're the one of the partner. And you, that, that is, that's not a secret. Now, be on the lookout for Colonel Henry Blake. The internet tells me this is his first film ever. He plays a character called Smallwood. I never saw him once, and I saw this film three times. The Renoir thing, I, I saw this once when he was talking, I was really interested, like he was talking about them. But then I realized, like, he's a famous person. Right. Uh, he's a famous director. And he, he's made better movies. It's the same thing as Monty Hellman. It's like, it's just, and then he, then I'm like, I get back to what he's saying, and I have no idea what he's saying. Because he's just <laughs> like about, so I, that's what I was going to bring up. But I, I'm sorry about that, Carl. Now, this guy also did the Muppet movie this director. Oh, great. So you see, he would be, go on to do great things. Now, the thing is, he directed 58 episodes of The Monkees, and then he shot this film. He's only 33 years old here. He okay. would go on to do like Cagney and Lacey, Smallville, Judging Amy, Ghost Whisperer. You know, he was out there. Oh, yeah, check this out, Mike. His father was Fred Mertz in, in I Love Lucy. There you go. That's his dad. That's how he knows. That's his connection to Renoir. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm a big I Love Lucy fan. <laughs> My favorite is that unhappy couple. They would uh, walk into the house together. But that's my dad. Now, we never saw Fred Mertz's bedroom because they slept in a, the same bed. They weren't in separate beds. They were not happy. Like Lucy and Ricky, they were happy because they they slept in separate beds. Right, exactly. And, you know, Lucy had her sleep apnea machine, and that proposed its own challenges. Oh, yeah. So they had separate beds. They couldn't say sleep apnea machines back in the 50s. They would have to, like, say, oh, that event. <laughs> Very controversial. It was the first sitcom to bring it up. Now, this is really like, I don't know, I think we're supposed to think of it as like their relationship, them sharing. But in truth, it's Bo Bridges talking about his childhood. Like, okay, now we're, they're going to separate because Bo is going on a trip. And so she'll be home alone while he is, I guess this is when they go to Texas, while he plays a match. And the thing is, like, they have very separate experiences, but they both, like, go on dates. Are there birds over by you? 
Oh, do you hear birds? Yeah. Yeah, they're mm -hmm. always around. I had the windows open. The whole neighborhood could hear me. Now, look, you remember airplane food? Right. Yeah, you get it with a side of wine. I guess they're in first class, but people don't know that in coach, you would get a meal. You would get a sort of TV dinner kind of meal. That's a very TV dinner looking meal. Yeah. Well, they got a lot of anemones. Look, there's a pay rotary phone right behind them. Like now, if you what wanna... I'm saying is like, you got, they want you to do a commercial. And he goes, should I do it? And he's like, eh, you know what? I mean, he was a tennis player. He's not a manager like, yeah, he wants money. He's more of a manager. I don't know if it's a real person in the real world, but but he's advising him not to take the commercial, just focus on tennis. Like a Wheaties box? Yeah, that kind of thing. I think it was for a hairspray. He goes, I don't even use hairspray. And he goes, I know, that didn't seem to discourage them. <laughs> This is pretty cool. It's like you're a silent movie star, and then you're like, "Yeah, uh, get to play a first class traveler." Now he started in the twenties, and talkies came what late twenties, early thirties. Yeah, right. So we saw like um, Harry Langdon from the twenties, and the General, and and uh, Buck F Fatty Arbuckle on our show. So, like, he came from that era, but we really don't know what his parts were. It might have been that he wasn't a star and he couldn't real. he didn't have a problem to transition to talkies because he wasn't one of the stars of right. science. And he has a good voice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's another Wilson. He ripped his head right off, poor Wilson. <laughs> Ooh, I always wanted to know what it was like to, to play tennis in the early 70s. Oh, late 60s. Yeah, this is 1969, yeah. You have to wear eyes on sweater. Right, it's oh. tennis. Yeah. Boing, boing. Good taunt. Yeah, these bands feel good. Everything looks all right. <laughs> Now, the oh, right. wife of this executive producer, she also got Maude Adams to be in this film. She did a lot for this uh, this this uh, movie. When I watched this film, and I, I only watched it because it looked like a talkie. I just wanted to make sure I knew what they were saying. Uh -huh. but he goes, uh, okay, M or W, when they're picking who serves first. And, oh, then, right. uh, and then he spun the Wilson racket. So the, M, the W turned into an M while it spun. And then it stopped, and then it was so-and-so. I, I I didn't even notice. I noticed that the very first time I watched it ever, but I forgot about it. I didn't even notice that other times. And it's kind of weird. I guess that's a standard thing. You would know if you were a tennis person, right? Right. You think everyone here was excited playing extras in uh, the Christian liquor store? They signed a release <laughs> form. There was a craft service table. Here's another thing. Before the match, they're friendly lobbing a ball together, you know, volleying a ball. Does that sound right either? In tennis, you... I don't know, you know. I came to... I was very disappointed in my first uh, tournament when I went there. I was yeah. like, oh, I thought there was going to be sets. <laughs> like, I had my list. I you had ready. your five minutes ready. Yeah, yeah. The 
There's no sets tonight. And yeah. wow. Whoa, we got him. He got oh. He got him good. Golf clap. Golf clap. Okay, he's winding up and pit pitch. Oh, he got him. A lot of the stuff so far in this film is impressive. That shot of the plane going up and the fact that Bo Bridges is playing tennis. Like, you know, what? how many actors do you know would be like, okay, I'll play tennis. I'll learn tennis <laughs> for a role. I wouldn't. Uh, money's money. He was young. Yeah. Maybe he knew how to play tennis. I guess. Uh, the real Bo Bridges was a basketball player of, and a big deal, even though he wasn't a tall person. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but he played college ball and he was offered like an NBA thing, seriously. But he became an actor instead. Um, all my write-up about him here is all about his family, you know. Who's his dad? Who's his brother? Yeah. Whack. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Gross. Oh, phew. Let me get out of here. Now we're with Maud, and who should be there but Creepy Monroe? Now, Monroe yeah. is a jerk in this film. Like, she's like, call me. He's trying to, like, get in her pants, but at the same time, he he, he nags her. It's, it's weird. It looks like he's trying to get into her wardrobe. I mean, they almost match. <laughs> oh, he yeah, yeah he, what, he berates her? Yes. Uh, no, berate means, like, basically he criticizes her. You smoke too much. You you need to make a dis I, I don't know. He, like, yeah. badgers her. And he's on a date with her. It doesn't make sense. Uh, see if it works, I guess. Not going to work. Now, Bo is. Oh. Okay. You see, JP's making notes. It's JC. JC's making notes. His note is, his name is Jonathan Carruthers. JC. I thought he was scratching a scratcher. <laughs> oh, you thought it was. Uh, what's a scratcher? Like a, one of those lottery cards. Oh, he's doing a scratch off. Well, he's got a pen. Oh, yeah. So he's writing. And... Find a quarter. Bo Bridges is, like, fucking up in this match. Wow. We flew over to Texas to watch him screw up. I guess this is exciting. So, so far, there's a storyline, right? Uh, the storyline is Boy Meets Girl. So... The storyline so far is this guy's an up-and-coming tennis player. He's got a good mentor, coach, person. He meets a girl. They go on a date. It looks like they're going to get together. They meet Renoir, and now they're separated. Now, when right. he gets back, it's the first time he's a little mean to her, you see. See, Man, Bo just keeps losing. He keeps missing the ball. He probably realized he sucks in tennis. Like, what <laughs> am I doing here? It's good. This is a story plot. Usually they, they win. 
Right. We've seen that before, like the bowling film we saw. Yeah. And, like, just win, win, win. The, that sports montage of him losing, I like the 80s song that they were, you're a loser. Do, do, do. Get on the church court and lose. Zero love for you. Well, loser. this was filmed in 69, so they were playing the Beatles song. Oh, yeah. How did that go? I'm a loser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a loser, and I'm not what I appear to be. Well, then what's the Tim Buckley song? Maybe we could get some loser in there. Uh, the Tim Buckley song will be played, and you could turn up the music sure. when, yeah, Maude will be taking pictures of him. Is, is uh, Monroe with her? Monroe is not. Monroe's going to go away after he acts like an asshole at dinner. All right. Hey, loser. Yeah, well, it, we're in the middle right now, and he's giving him, you're not following through on your backhand. Backhand. This, you're playing his game. He's got to play your game. Okay, then turn it up. Because he's going to berate Maude like, I think you're right to use that word. I don't know if that's right. no, negative. There's a term for it. I know how to take care of myself. Don't get it. He's, he's on a date. That's a good point. Keep it on. Keep it on. Say it. Okay, that's good. I just wanted you to hear what a jerk he was. But look, now I failed you as a researcher. I cannot find out who that man is on stage. It looks like. Oh, no problem. This place is so weird. Okay, I've only seen this Texas. film once. It's like a nightclub or a guy's house or something. So, oh no, it's a nightclub right here. I guess the Hollywood House Mansion. But yeah, it's cool. It's like you have a dinner, you have a brandy. You sit down, and there's a brandy waiting for you. Or you sit down on a table yeah. and someone left. You drink their leftover brandy. Right. Yeah. It's so much cheaper your night when you do that. You look for, I usually look for those uh, bottle service. Like if someone left a bottle, I would sit on that table and then just, it's easy because you could just drink from the bottle <laughs> and you're actually helping them because it's a lighter bottle to take off the table. That's very true. Yeah. I'm for the common man. So he's having a much better night than she was. There's meatloaf, I guess. Oh, it's back a horrible when, song. Horrible song. This is back when he was tuna helper. <laughs> So we're in Texas. I guess yes. The pawn shops. Houston. He, it is meatloaf. He's got this horrible song. I would I would Google it a million ways. Performers in the Christian liquor store, licorice store, uh, musical performances. Just try music. You know, I just couldn't. Find it. I I googled it and uh, Google shut me down. They said, yeah. Yeah, we don't want you to know. He, yeah, right. He, we're paid to not allow this. He does not want you to know. Okay, so you can see they're both on dates. Hers is shitty and his is sexy. 
Well, must be attracted to losers. <laughs> now, you did you see that her boobs were used as flotation devices? You see them on a trampoline, and that's really before, like, you know, America's home videos, right? Right. Everyone would get their asses kicked on a trampoline. Oh, yeah, back then it was perfectly safe. Look at his unshaved face, that right? That's pretty cool. Oh, and there's a, so she's literally going to the airport. Right. She's going to the airport. Now, this is a pre-9-11 time, so she'll be able to walk right up to the gate when he gets off the plane, where he gets off the plane. This is LAX. You know, I could tell, man, because of the uh, that runway. It's still the same after all these years. Yeah, I can Everybody's tell seen. what this airport lacks. LAX. Oh, yeah. That, see, there you go. There it is. There it is. Looks like a Fisher-Price design right fisher price yeah. toys i always think like batman it's like a villain ah movie. yeah or it's a revolving restaurant justice league <laughs> i guess that's the one right the justice league yeah or uh sea lab 2020 yeah right yeah. right right so this was before when they were when it was earth lab ground lab grandma lax land now look how she just parks. Right, opens up her car. Yeah. Oh, She's I broke down. Every, that's going to fool everyone, Maud. Oh, that's what you do back in the day at the airport. You would drive up to the curb, open up your truck, like, and then go in there. And it'll be like, oh, put your lights on. You remember when we were kids, you'd see cars broke down on the side of the road all the time. All the time. You don't see that today. No. Well, people have better access to calling and... Now, Maud took the conveyor belt because it was quicker <laughs> to get in to the airport. Have you guys seen my camera? It was, I checked it in. It's just, oh, there it is. It's on the conveyor belt. Now, look what the director does. He gives Bo Bridges stress. Okay, so he goes to Texas, loses, cheats on his girl. Now he can't get his bag. So it doesn't really lead anywhere good but okay see their relationship's going to start to deteriorate so he does a half-assed job of he doesn't do it in a good sequence in my opinion you know because there's breaks of now they're going to be happy to see each other you know it's well, i understand what he's doing but i i don't know if it was well done this is all going to lead to them driving into a tunnel and dying no, they will have be estranged at that point. Oh. oh, Bridges will die. As a matter of fact, after he's dead, he'll still be his commercial that he did that she advised him not to do will be on the TV and she'll be watching it, not knowing that he's gone. That's good closure. Oh, so this is a, a, a parable about the being young and talented in a corrupt uh, city. Los Angeles. Yeah, it is about getting corrupted by the Hollywood lifestyle, but it's not really done very well. I mean, Bo Bridges does the brooding. Bo, it wasn't like exterior forces separated them, like he took the movie role and now he ignores her. That doesn't happen. 
Nice to meet you, JC. JC, this is Wilson. Wilson, JC. Oh, I've heard promising things about you, young man. Yeah. A fellow silent movie star, I see. Wow, he has a camera like. This isn't like a blue screen shot either. Like they no, have like that up. Trailer. They're on a trailer, probably. Yeah. Now he like they're they're lying about what they did on their you know while the other you know while they were apart. Oh, I, I won all these games. It's great. Look, it's not a trailer. But maybe like they're in a fruit truck in front of them. Oh nope. Whoa, dude. That was dangerous. Cut, cut. Cut. <laughs> Would you mind biking out of my shot? Hey, you know, for the next scene, can I just sit in the back seat? I think that'll be safer. Now that Jeff is giving seat. him more stress, they're looking for a parking spot. Are you leaving? No. Oh, here's a spot. And there's going to be an old lady. Seat. Not uh, an old lady, but here's here it is. Turn it up. Turn it up. Put on the block. Spot is reserved. My husband's going around the block. Yeah, that's cool. She brought her a chair. When they have people sit down, they put a chair and they sit down in the parking yeah. lot. But they just leave the chair. Now she passed the only good spot. So he's furious he's in a polite way. So he's like, that's it. I'm driving. People are honking at him. Is that his car? Like, what's with this weird yellow car? I guess it's her car. It is her car. Oh, right. He had the other one. Right. She met Monroe while she was driving away in that car. So now he's, like, being mean to her. Like, would you leave me alone, please? He's just frustrated. But you would think that would lead to a continued segment of them declining. But it it gets interrupted again. These rude um, sailor guys come up and like insult him he's not a man and try to take his girl and then Bobra just gets slick and he says he goes hey guys we just got back from the hospital and we my wife had a miscarriage we'd like to be alone is it okay and they're like uh yes you know oh i want to hear all right so i'm gonna get the sound of that excuse me fellas uh my wife and i just came from the hospital she had a miscarriage we missed the taunting. It was a good reverse when Bo shut this thing down. That's okay. a shitty thing to say, though. Yeah. Well, it is, but they were being pig assholes. They were, like, saying, this guy's not a man. Can you believe she's going out with him? You know, so they could overhear. Why don't we help her out? Okay. Excuse me, buddy. Right? And he goes, right. uh, we had a... Okay, this is a weird scene. I don't think it's improvised, but it feels that way. It's just them having lunch or something, but he's going to reminisce about the good old days of L.A. Oh, yeah. Before, as one does. As one does. But before it really became Hollywood, like it is today, sort of like in the silent era when they were all making fish burgers, really, you know? Right, out in the woods. But now it's a super populated place. Like, the town grew around him, so. Is a cop driving past your L.A. home right now? I heard the siren, did it? Yeah. 
It's so good. Are you in the mean streets? You're in the hood? Oh, I'm in the Mission District, in the studio. Oh, right, yeah. right. Yeah, me too. I'll be at Pamtastic's Funhouse tonight. No, yeah, right. And then I'll be uh, at the Late Show, the Midnight Show. I'll be locking up the studio. Ooh, middle finger. Middle finger, fuck you. Fuck you and your tennis skills. I should, uh, I have the windows open. It was kind of a mistake today. Your ride's here, Mike. Uh, I gotta go. My ride's here. There was that super bad movie, and he's like, would you please handcuff me? And Or maybe it was the cop's idea. Remember that scrying right. little guy? Get off me, cop! <laughs> they put him in the car. Just to get a buzz going around his school or whatever it was. So this scene just drones on and on and on. Um, you know what? Someone called the cops on me for uh, stepping on your uh, the your research. You that was good. Yeah, I just felt like th this is another example. Like they just let this guy go, and it's he does these great stages, and then the static conversation. You're just like, well, yeah. You know, he believes that he was making a European style film, and like a lot of the internet believes that too. But I just kind of don't see it. Um, <clears throat> where I think I have some flowerly language about that somewhere. By the way, Laverne and Shirley were going to be on this film. They ended up on the cutting room floor. He didn't know who he had. He had both Penny Marshall and Cindy Williams in very small parts wow. in this film. Five years before Laverne and Shirley. But it, they didn't make it into the film. They were uh, cast out of the store. Clearance. But the thing is, if Laverne and Shirley appeared in the same film, this would have been a talking point. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm like, sure people would know this film. They would, they would be on the right. cover of the box. It would have Penny Marshall and Cindy Williams. So JC is done remembering the old days. And so he goes, well, I was planning to die this evening, so I really must get to it. So now he's gone off to die in his sleep. We'll never see him again. That's right. Well, I guess uh, their relationship is better. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Now it's good. Everybody's talk about it. The Christian licorice store. <laughs> <coughs> Christian licorice clothing. So do you like mean those... like church clothing where it has that color licorice? I don't know what it means. Like so a blouse? She just said, do you think someday we'll be able to tell each other all of our secrets? And he goes, I think so. And then he goes, but then again, maybe not. And it's sort of like a melancholy ending. Still showing us that things will fall apart. All right. But first, uh, hey, crew, let's take a break. That's what I say. <laughs> That's what the director says before he plays pool. He goes, that's your cue to take a break. The camera was behind the eight ball. <laughs> your camera work. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so here they are in, like, the doing it scene, but it's after. And she's like, 
the best things in life happen when you're naked. But like he's distant and he says stuff like, can you leave me alone, please? But meanwhile, he's all kissing on her and I don't know. Well, it seems like at a certain point he starts to erode, right? Like he's his rising star. He's got, he's here in Hollywood. They made a movie about him. He's the star of his own film, technically. Yeah, but, and but, then but just, this, it's already begun, you see, and he's not doing those things you're talking about. Right, yeah. But then he gets more and more, I guess, irrelevant, right? Like he gets more and more irrelevant as this film goes. Like he can't play tennis. He's cheating. He's no, no. He's okay playing tennis and everything. Um, the it wasn't the beginning of the end. He's going to go on and win and stuff. Um, I don't know. Right. This movie's really about their relationship, and I got to tell you, the way it falls apart has nothing to do with exterior forces. It's all. Bowbridge's character. So it isn't that Hollywood corrupted a pure soul, you know? Right. Well, I always felt that way because he does the commercial. That, you know, he wasn't supposed to. Well, she advised not to. JC advised not to. But he broke up with her and JC died. So... There was nobody left to say no. Did he really did die? Like they they just like had post quotal conversation about the death of like, oh that was fantastic. You were great. Hang on, let me catch my breath. Hey, did you hear the news? JC followed up on his uh and died. In his sleep. <laughs> uh see this gotta be careful, I don't want to get a tennis elbow. Now, they did not really do it in the That's, movie. All right. At least there is no internet report that PP and the JJ shook hands. Sydney, uh, Laverne surely were in bed with them. It was amazing. Okay. <laughs> now, here is like a good scene. And in my opinion, like I want to watch the film in this interesting camera work and black and white and dream sequence See, it's it's uh, under pressure it's yeah he created he created 80s music videos <laughs> the, the bands are plays the referee the rest of the band he's the star of the music video and the rest of the band are in the audience right like maybe the, the bass player is the judge or whatever. <laughs> ref now you see how jc stands to the side and judges him right yeah I thought that, I don't know, you didn't really see that in the film, except for that one time he was, I don't know, he just, he was a very friendly character. I don't see how this is. Oh, that shot is nothing but net. <laughs> that, that shot was nothing but net. And it was a tennis film. Yeah. Look at him, look at him. Oh, is he dead? Oh, yeah. So whose dream did we watch? JC's or uh Yeah, we were watching oh. JC's dream as he dies. Right. Promised. He promised he would die in his sleep. He didn't promise the uh, dream sequence. That's the trick. You gotta under under promise and over deliver. Over deliver. That's it, he's gone. We're seeing pictures of his life. Mexican hat. Now she will inform Maud. 
I mean he. Hey, Wilson. <laughs> well, so these are all his photos, his headshots from last ten years. Well, that's Bo Bridges, his mentor, um, his protege. Is that the word? Oh, I got you. Yeah. Ooh, so bright. There's his pink robe, right? The stylish. He was just going to walk into his mentor's bathroom, uh, bedroom. Well, who? Bo Bridges? He's nowhere yeah. nearby. Oh. This is like across town over in Dead World. So this is just a cameraman being artsy about it. Oh, yeah, that's he good. made a full circle and showed pictures of his life. Oh, she walked in and found him. I got you. No, nobody found anybody. Oh, she got the news. So the cameraman right. did it. The cameraman killed JC. And then scene. shot a music video. He decided Aerosmith's video. Wow. Funeral. You know, Hertz is number one in car rentals. Yeah, when Budget heard that news, it hurts. Oh, that was a good movie. Okay, oh, no, thank you right. for watching. Oh, oh damn. damn. Damn it. Right, he has to die at the end. Pacific Coast Highway. Now you see that car and you said, maybe he's going to die. Maybe he's going to die. But nope. Nope, not DeLorean. Huh. Okay, long... so the guy playing the guitar in this, I forget his name, but he made a really big deal about it on his website. Like this was the greatest thing ever. You'll never even see his face. Wonk, wonk. Wonk. Strum, strum. Right. That's, we, I, I knew of Where a guy. That's, you see his nose? Yeah. Yeah, that's all you're going to see. On his website, he's like, I was in a major motion picture, the Christian liquor store. Also at Frank's Garage and Pizza Shop. On March 27th, I'll really? be Bazerga's open mic on March 44. I'm going. I'm going to check him out. <laughs> he was in that movie, remember? Christian Licorice Store? Christian Licorice Store, yeah. Oh, Licorice Pizza? No, 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 no. No, no. Not Licorice Pizza. Oh, no, not Licorice Pizza. It, it played in the village for one day. <laughs> right. It was screened in the village. Now, it was released... In Texas and where was it? Boston. Well, Paris. Yeah, Boston. But, you know, I don't know. There are no budget numbers on this film that I, maybe that's not true and I just didn't write them down, but this film didn't make money. It just spent money. Well, that's my album cover right there. This is all just brooding and I don't know. It's a bummer. His friend died. I just got on Facebook Messenger. Look who died in a link. That's Don't so do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah, tomorrow I'm going to get a thing that said, sorry, guys, I was hijacked. Is there a link? You should click it. 
Oh yeah, and yeah. you're in my contacts, right? Yeah. You will be receiving emails. Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you. Listen, Carl, your Bank of Massachusetts account has been hacked. You better yeah. check it. Click here. They have this whole pier they can sit on when they go to the rocks. It's all very boring. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing about this film. It's like, I feel like he loses interest or like the movie loses interest with him. It does. I mean, now she'll be asking him, how do you feel about JC? And he'll freak out, you know, don't ask me how I feel, you know, because he's a dude. Right. So there's a little drama at that moment. But other than that, this is just walking around, remembering Talking about GSC. The guy who wrote this music, right? The the score by composer Leo Schifrin, who you called out in the credits. He wrote the theme for Mission Impossible. I knew I recognized that name. He also wrote the scores to Cool Hand Luke, Bullets, TX, THX1138, which is the same year as this, Enter the Dragon, The Four Musketeers, Amityville Horror, Rush Hour Trilogy, blah, 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 blah. Dirty Harry films. So he's a big deal. And Fred Mertz is this guy's dad. I think that's so cool. Ethel, you're driving me crazy. Oh, Fred. You can hear it in her voice. He just not want to be there. Hey, Lucy, let's go to the club. I'll come. Oh, God, no. So he just yelled at her, and now he's trying to explain himself. I'm a cool guy, see? First guy who ever told me how to handle girls said, like, you gotta be cool. Now that I got you to the most re- re- uh, remote space in Los Angeles, <laughs> I'm gonna start flipping out. Now, you'd know his dad is Lloyd Bridges. Yeah. Um, his name is Lloyd Burnett Bridges III. That's his name. His parents immediately started calling him Bo after Ashley Wilkes's son in Gone with the Wind, 1939, a book they were reading at the time. Interesting. So that it's so that's why it's B-E-A-U. Right. Like the French beautiful. Yeah. He appeared with his father in five films. And there's yeah, here it is. This is interesting. Lloyd Bridges, Dylan Bridges, his son, and Bo Bridges, they played three generations of the Kress family in Outer Limits Sand Kings, 1995. I just think it was the, neat. They were in it as father, son, and uh, grandfather, father, and son. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Take that, Bo. Take that, Kirk Douglas. Yeah, that's right, with your yeah. one, your one generate. Wait, did they? No, no, it's, you, there, there was a movie, it was like, it runs in the family, or it has to be family, and it had uh, what did we Douglas, see? Michael Douglas, we saw Diamonds with uh, Dan right. Aykroyd, Dan and Cricket. he just had a stroke and he was acting. And that, no, and also this movie I saw where it was, it was Michael uh, Douglas's son, I think Cameron right. Douglas. Was in it. We saw him in that Adam and Eve movie. National Lampoon's Adam and Eve. I think he co-wrote that or something. <laughs> so now he's just sick of her. He's sick of her. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he doesn't want to be in this picture anymore. But you see, he's sick of her, but not because they said, come out to a Hollywood party tonight. And she goes, I don't want to go. It wasn't like that at all. Uh, you know, where were you on Friday? I got a last minute offer for a commercial. You know, there's none of that. It isn't really what the internet talks about. He's corrupted by Hollywood. He's not. He decides he doesn't like her on his own. The, the, his manager just died and he's all bummed out. But he... The he's movie, going into the bathroom to hide. He doesn't have like vodka under the sink. <laughs> but the beginning of the movie is like Miss Lonely Hearts. It's like, you know, or uh, what's not Miss Lonely Hearts, Day of the Locust. It's just it's, this... Uh, it reminds me of uh, somewhere the Sofia Coppola movie with uh, Stephen Dorff driving his fancy sports car as a movie star, and he stops mm -hmm. the car and he walks away from the, the Hollywood, like the DeLorean, the tunnel leading towards Hollywood, going through real nature, drilling a hole through nature, and then getting to a, a, a you know a disaster area underneath Hollywood. It's all a metaphor. Should so I see that, that movie? Well, I'm talking about the opening of this film, right? Like, do you have a tunnel? We go through somewhere. You should absolutely. I like that movie a lot. Okay, uh, Vox Lux was your first recommendation. Yeah. What's this one called? Uh, somewhere. Okay, thanks. Yeah, it's it's good. It's Stephen Dorff as a movie star, and uh, so that's the Hollywood metaphor. Hopola. Hopola. And he has a fancy car that symbolizes the lifestyle. Wow, they had to blur out the hotel art. I Wow. Really? I didn't well, know. Well, sometimes with YouTube, I'm like, I love this digital. I love how dark this movie looks. And I'm like, oh, it's like it's YouTube. Look, she yeah. knows she knows he's lost yeah. his interest. Now we see two sports things for some reason. We see Lou Gehrig and we see Babe Ruth. Ooh, ooh, okay. Are we gonna get we get the speech? I mean that's coming up in the second segment. Uh, love baseball. Yeah, and Babe Ruth was a hell of a woman. So this, this, uh, you would figure you'd watch something, but like tennis, but not him. Right. Now here's Lou Gehrig. Oh, here's the speech. Today, Carl took my parking spot as I was driving into the mm -hmm. stadium. <laughs> now the thing is, like, they always make that dumb joke that. Lou Gehrig died of Lou Gehrig's disease. What are the odds of that, right? Right. And how come they never make that joke for Lou leukemia? Oh yeah, leukemia. He was oh, so yeah. Don't you think it's odd? Lou ischemia died yeah. of leukemia. What about your friend Co? What What are the odds of that? Yeah, COVID. Never. <laughs> Lou ischemia. Okay, now he's going to win. 
Oh, so fun. Oh, no, this, no, no, no. This must be JC in his youth. Oh, all right. Well, that explains why we're watching it. Because I went from the baseball to the baseball to this. Mm -hmm. This is why I feel like he just left this film. You know what's weird, Mike? I zoned out during the sports stuff and missed that every single time I saw this film. Because this film's like letting you, uh, allowing you to zone out. Right. Look, we're looking at his Hollywood lifestyle. Look, he's had a lot. It's a studio. Oh, see, this was in the opening credits. Oh, they're shooting his commercial. Oh, uh, now the clapboard in this scene says the Christian liquor store. Well, maybe that's the uh, Colony selling in the in 1969. Oh wait, v vertical hold, horizontal hold. Oh yeah, classic. Shooting TV on film. Sports Illustrated. He's selling out. Look at the seats. Sold out show. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here's Tim Buckley. Okay, you can listen if you want. Oh. That's funny. My neighbors hate me already today. I mean, my studio neighbors. It's a good-looking guitar. Yeah, suede. So this is his... Sweet. This isn't really his cameo in the film because it'll be in another scene in which they're on a picnic. Um, he's not performing. He's just getting a sandwich. He's... Yeah. yeah. Potato salad. Right, right. And... Um, Maud's not taking any pictures and he finds it peculiar. <clears throat> I just saw him take one, but he'll say that at the end. He's taking one right now. Yeah, I don't know why, though. That's what... Yeah, I guess right now he, she just looks at him and he says that. Look at smoking in the studio. That's so stupid. Right, well, smoking. even with the big lights like that. <clears throat> he looks remember, so you would just smoke anywhere, remember? You would yeah. absolutely... Uh, turn on the keg lights. You want to smoke? Yeah. Ugh, put on some pants. Some of the the greatest things happen when you're naked. Maybe that's why they're showing this scene. I don't know. He's, like, he's posing as Bigfoot. No, that's it. They're no longer. They are not an item anymore. They are split up because Bo just sort of quit on her. Right. Now, here's Monroe again. As soon as Bo is out of the... He brought his family. I want you, Mom and Dad, I want you to meet my parents. We'll go on a picnic. Well, it's the folk singer. Oh, Right. Alan Arbus, Maude Adams, and then another person who the internet didn't care to even tell me about. Plus one. <clears throat> so, of course, Monroe asks, I heard your friend was in a movie. And she goes, I don't know. We haven't talked to him in a long time. Like, they're all split up now. That's the folk singer. Right. <clears throat> Mystery woman. Oh, the old carousel. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like a good time. Like, hey, guys, why don't you take a break and uh, stay in character and shoot? 
Oh, they had chestnuts? Now they're talking <clears throat> little talk, you know, like, I want pesticide for the ants. I don't spray that stuff. It's all natural, blah, 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 blah. But then he asks, I heard your friend was in a movie. And she goes, I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a long time. And she, he says, do you miss him? And she goes, sometimes. I don't know. They're split up now. Uh, it doesn't really lead to anywhere. We don't understand why. And, like, he stopped seeing Monroe. So... I guess if Bo is gone, she will be back to Monroe. I don't know. I don't understand. Like, this movie is about him. I mean, it's a relationship and stuff. So that's why we're seeing more of her right now. But, oh, yeah, finally. The thing. This whole movie is about their relationship. From his now perspective. we're seeing them apart. We're about to get an acid trip. Right now, we're going to get a trippy. I think the dream was much better. But. Right. That's what is, we're going to get. This is a drunken night out. It's a drunk... Um, is, he, is he tripping? I, that's the vibe I get as the scene goes on. Uh, you see what I'm talking about? Yeah. The director's doing that kind of... But the thing is, he is at a Hollywood party, I guess. But Hollywood didn't make... He broke up with Maude for no Hollywood reason at all. But he's not practicing tennis right now. He's going out. Right. And if he's tripping on acid, then it's not cool for his athleticism, right? Oh, man. That looks like a tough room to perform at. The guy tap dancing in the living room. Yeah. You know, tap dancing is just as cool as being a mime. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really entertainment you hire anymore. I saw these two guys whistle. They had a whistling act. Like, it was kind of a vintage-style radio pavilion uh, trick. And it was like, well, yeah. My son was a mime now. So he was upstairs in his room. And I was like, hey, keep it down up there. He was practicing his miming. Keep it down. Do you get the joke? So here he wakes up alone in his swimming pool the day after either a drunken thing or a trippy trip. Didn't oh. like uh, he asked you if you were a mime and you said, no, you're no son of mime. Because <laughs> you weren't a mime. He's your right. son. So and he's no son of mime. One of mime. Oh. God, what a night. This When I passed out, it was filled with water. <laughs> right. Oh, I was so thirsty when I went into school. Oh, my God. Uh, did I drink? How much did I drink? I got to pee. That's <laughs> classy of him not to pee in the pool. Oh, no, I take that back. Here he goes. Now, look, he just pulled a girl out of the bushes. He must have. We, they, we might, you know, that's in the director's cut, that scene where they meet. You don't think he's having a decadent Hollywood lifestyle right now? I think he is having a decadent Hollywood lifestyle right now. But I'm saying the internet was trying to say he gets corrupted by Hollywood. That's not what happened. He hit rock bottom, so he went to Hollywood's world. Wait a minute, what's he... Uh, He's saying, my driver, my driver left. Let me borrow your car. So he goes, sure, man, whatever you want, man. 
It's a DeLorean. Is it DeLorean? My fingers yeah. are crossed. We're getting to the DeLorean. The doors that go up straight to the sky, is that only DeLorean? Because then, yes, it's a DeLorean. Yeah, I think that was his signature, signature trick. Okay. Nobody else did? Okay, so there it is. Dun, dun, dun. It's like Donnie Darko. Oh, no, it's the Buddy Rabbit. The Rabbit. <laughs> Why do you always that wear that stupid rabbit costume? <laughs> do people drive DeLoreans like that? Like, does that feel cool? I guess it has to. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it in the film. It looks like it's going to be a plane. Right. I saw one of those. A car can transform into a plane, but you had to stop and click it all into place. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to stall put the wings. What do you do? Like the model kit. So our movie's going to end now. There's Bo Bridges, not a stunt person. Uh, he likes to drive these. He gets a chance to drive all these vintage cars around. Yeah. I guess that's Bo Bridges, not a stunt person. Wow. So Bridges is entering a tunnel. And screech, we hear. Uh, we don't even get to see it. We hear right. a screech. Early 70s ending. Oh, here's the commercial. Hey, oh, man, my balls are shaft after a match like that. That's why I use talcum powder. Talcum powder is good. stays on the short and curlies and soothes my testicles after a great match. <laughs> yeah, whether, it's, today. whether it's Wimbledon Open, U.S. Open, or just going to shop right. Johnson Johnson cancer-free talcum powder keeps cancer you free. <laughs> keeps your balls feeling light on the court, <laughs> like a good tennis player. I went well, to the Open; they were closed. Available at all Christian licorice store. stores. Speaking of which, that was Christian licorice store. Oh, with Vo uh, Bridges and Vaughn Adams. Uh, I, uh, let's take a moment before we even to see the, the there's Monty Hellman, Gilbert Gottfried, the late Gilbert Gottfried, which uh, like Gilbert Gottfried, Gildo There's some like some movie people, Larry Gelman, that's a movie guy, that's the writer of MASH, right? He was the assistant director, but there's like uh, I thought that was like Mark uh, Martikoff, some Hollywood producer. Oh, here we go, let's take a look. Yeah, let's yeah. see if we can find the MASH guy. There we go. Mike, see, do you see Mike Metavoy? Yes. He's produced like every film you've seen. Like he's a real Hollywood producer. He, he was in the party scene. Yeah. That's they why all I had lines and stuff. It's kind of like, you ever see that um, Orson Welles last movie where it takes place at a Hollywood Sugar, screening? Sugar Bear. Uh, okay. No, I didn't see it. What's it called? The Other Side of the Wind. Netflix bought the exclusivity, so you can see it on Netflix. The Other Side of the Wind? Yeah, and then he does a documentary about it, which is a little as, as interesting. It's an interesting movie. Oh, yeah. Pleasant Street, Pleasant written Street. and performed by Tim Buckley. So the Christian Licorice store is located on Pleasant Street. Yeah, I Well, they were wearing Christian Licorice clothes. I know they were looking down at me with their licorice Christians, their Christian licorice clothes. So is it like church clothing Christian or like the licorice is Christian? What's I, like Jewish licorice is something I, I'm more familiar with, I guess. You're more familiar with Jewish licorice? Yeah. Which is that anise, uh, the black licorice. 
That's hilarious. That's a little, that's kosher, I guess. Oh, man, Carl, whew, what a trip. I think of the liquor store. <laughs> the liquor store. Um, I didn't, I, um, it was good for your show. There was lots to talk about. I don't think anyone's heard of this film when we found finally found a film. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was some really neat tricks in there, but honestly, like, it just seemed a little, it missed the mark, you know, mm-hmm. but he he does go for some, the director does some big swings, you know, like, and having the film st- literally be part of the movie, the opening credits. Oh, yeah, that was really, really pretty cool, the way that the opening credits were in the film they were watching. Yeah. Tw- and 12 minutes into the film. So, And then there's some other shots, like the... It isn't like a boring, you know, a shot, a stock footage of a plane leaving. It's like you put a camera underneath the plane, you mm-hmm. know, like, so there's some neat stuff, but I feel like the character just loses interest and like leaves. Yeah. And we know he's going to die. I like die. the dream sequence. You're right that like we lose interest because Bo Bridges lost interest in everything. In yeah. His girlfriend and. Well, gosh. Well, now we never have to talk about this film. Good news. We're going to watch another piece of shit movie next week. Okay. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Next Sunday, we are watching Drive in Massacre from 1970s. Drive in Massacre. It features everything we like, a word that has the word ass in it, <laughs> and a drive in. Uh, so there is a trailer. Uh... M. Ass Acre. Is how you spell it. Yeah. Um, Ass Acres is the place <laughs> to be. Uh, so let me see. This Ass is. Me. All right. So I want you to go find Drive-In Massacre theatrical trailer. This is Severin Films Official is the one totally. It's no very popular. Yeah. It's a very popular movie on the internet. There's hundreds of trailers and movie versions up, up there. But we like Severin. Severin Films Official, No yep. Space, is no our space. drive-in massacre, drive-in M. Ass Acre theater tra- theatrical trailer. Theatrical so. trailer. There you go. All right. So let's watch this movie uh, trailer in three, two, one, go. I'll crank up the volume. By the way, this has been approved for restricted audiences only. You must be tied to a chair. How you sent in the California drive, it all began. Oh, I like that. Lala, it will be seen like nothing you'll ever seen before. An absolute and total horror. Oh, let's make out of the drive in. Yeah, there's no maniacs around here. Hey, we're safe. I'm drunk. Come on. Uh oh, your hand's going to get cut off, dude. Did you don't do it? Didn't you read the title of the movie? Oh, oh drive. There it is. Drive in massacre. Scream. Oh, there's more to this trailer. There's cops. Yes. Hey, we found this space in the community center. It's now our police station. <laughs> Wonder where in California. Ooh, a movie within a movie, literally. Get that's out! Western, that's so drive-in. The popcorn butter is artificial. Get out when you can! <laughs> Let's all get murdered. Oh, look at the prices, huh? He did it, right? Look at that fucking Jughead hat. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Chico probably fucking killed himself when he saw that hat. 
Oh, it's too soon. You talking about Freddy Prince? It's too soon. Oh, I was talking about Chico Marx, who must have died in '77. <laughs> Groucho died in '77, right? Do you think it's because of this movie? Uh, this no, no, I think he just expired. Who? Not only is there a drive-in massacre, but there's a guy driving out of a parking spot. Drive out parking spot. Oh, amusement park massage. That's Buck Flower. Buck Flower. Why do I know that name? Because he's always the bum. He was the bum in Back to the Future 3. Uh, That's Back right. To the Future. He was in... We saw him in something, right? Yeah. Fake Out. Oh, was it? Oh, the the Pia, Pia Zora movie? Pia Zadora. Wow. So you can tell this movie is exciting. Now they're in a warehouse massacre. Yeah, there's not a lot of drive-in here. I don't know. Like, would you see drive-in massacre in a drive-in? I don't know if I can. That's risky. It's risky. And finally, it will make you scream in it's terror. Like seeing Sundance, ah. movies, Sundance Film Festival killings. Premiering That's been deemed too terrifying. The risk is entirely your own. The, I mean, excuse me. The risk is entirely yours. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that is our next week's movie, Drive in Mass Asker, uh <laughs> from nineteen seventy seven. Uh, but we warn you, watch it at your own peril, okay? Right. It's yeah. entirely up to you. Listen, you can watch it on your phone. You can watch it on your laptop. Do not watch this movie in the drive-in. We'll see oh. you guys next week. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, audience. Thank you, Mutiny or Audio, later next week. See ya. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. 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 Okay, all right, pass. Okay, one more time. No, no, one more time. We gotta go back to the first one, though. Oh, God, okay. You don't know what OCD is all about. All right, let's do the first one, right? L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Do it again. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L W A L F L O Y T. L W A F L M O Y T. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full Welcome to this, the reprise of the Naish and Sunati acumen of contextual text, the here and ever after forwarded Radio 11, and your host tonight is the Kerboxxy thing on the sidle of maps, as in legend, lit up for a go round town and about, so do listen in, the hour starts now, this is Radio 11.
like the truck's top bottle dropped sunside in a weathered balloon shot up to the side of an aisle like those who follow down a highway towards the skyline oasis of puddles to smack her at. It was that kind of day again. And by day I mean the middle as is the maths of night and this is that and another for the quiet quite ledger of vertical drops for a robot to read to you and another and auto the all-around roundness of city the velo kind of cheese that boxes cook for the dips to chip away at and the meter sticks into it and makes a spicy splashed up bit of ooze to enjoy. For what else is there? Leisure is our pronoun tonight, and we name it thus so as to utilize the measure of bars and beats and treasure to bury for later as in the coin termed paper you neglected to write the evening before do drop sponders a muddy sandal toed continuation of a runner on sentences in a jail cellular conversation which a copywriter turned you on to, like a car keyed for digital entry in an age of golden ratio Fibonacci, the petal rose as grows on you, tattoo lady. What was her name again? Came a quiet whisper across the room where needles drew and women showed their buttocks to other women to tauntle for. If that were a word, and it may be just and those drawings, where did you get them from? They are from a notebook I've been meaning to keep yet keep losing, as in my mind. She flipped through the art book, look here's another. Do you think that would look good here? Your other buttock. Yes and slightly to the left this time, see if I raise like this, and I'm on my side. You know? Well, for the... Shoot. I lost another one. That's the third needle this week. I've got to buy myself another set, but I've been using this one since the 80s. You know I draw on Mount Claire before her movie career. Remember she was all up into it and said it would never end. It was her buttock too. Funny choice of wordings. She had me right up there. Up where? Asked the notebook women. Oh, I see. She looked at the pictures Ava was showing her now. In any event, yes she's beautiful, and I never saw the films. Stag were they? Kind of dark lines there, don't you think? And what's that? Just that. It's just a star with an arrow through it. Clever if you're into a Cupid's way out of town, as she was. Well she was my invention. She'd come in during the middle of the week and let me draw and pay me in tips from the movies and we'd have a chat about what was next and next too, and sometimes we'd go in the back end, well she was she and I was me and it was good to see her from all sides. And so the women lit up, her cigarette, and flipped through the book that was being handed to her, as Ava drew more on her right buttock and began to hum. It was a tune, out of, and slight and they took their time away from each other and carried on in their minds. Mount Claire was flipping out, in the book in front of this young woman. Flip flip. And flipping. She's flipping people off there, 
and flipping over there, and over, and over there, and all over, what a spread, and what a book, she looked at the back cover, 9.99 cents for this one, that's not bad for the 80s, I should get a bear, like this, Ava turned her head up, like you want that here, she motioned at one of the images from the book and pinched her patron's ass just a bit, and winked, oh sure, I'd like a bit of Mount Clare, and some more about how she was, if that's part of the bargain it was. She looked at her arm a bit, following the curves which had been drawn by her own hand insta fire times and squared as in the city where she fled in a summer not far from the swelter that tripped it from her profession, which was high finance, so to speak. And that comes with a smile, if you're interested, said the now positively gleaming young Ava, and she put her hand on the notebook and closed it and closed doors, for an afternoon, the two enjoyed a bit of by Mount Clare, towards an in and around and about spiral and twists in the back and roomy sectional couched plotter which was the shop where pleases were aimed, like Cupid in the star. Dot. Oh carry on with it, then, I'll take more of that any day. Evening, here's my number. The paper read with A+, as in from Europe, or thereabouts, in the 31 range, if that was accurate and it was and she began window shopping herself, to understate an understanding. And she was eyed wide, with the rest of her, and shop she did. From the inside out. Slash slash. The cobble streets where shoemakers cobbled shoeries is our next road stop to a man who was also shopping, in the lives of facts and measures to dress as successor to a planet, just up the road, and to the left, and left to his own devices was he, outside in the rain where anything could and usually did, on his watch, happen. He looked at his watch, watched, and watched he was. He was followed eastwardly and down a bit until he was noticed and there was a bit of closure in and some cars began to pull around, and other men got out of cars and began to walk towards the man, all the while the man stopped, to gently see what was moving and in which direction, and to see who stopped and who was near and the nearest to him pulled out a packet of papers, neatly tied as in a manila envelope, and tucked it under his arm. You'll want to come with me. Shall we take a walk? A bit of a pause, a slightly uneasy, our character, looked, and turned with the man to have a conversation, and they walked. You know, you left us up last winter, we have the pictures you know. It was a crazy run finding you. You're not so easy to spot when you're not making waves like Geneva, are you? Do they all make it out? Asked the man. Yes all but three, we have them. They're safe and within means and agreed to help us find you, if you can find them came the reply. Oh, I see, and that was what they told me this morning as well. I declined. Of course you did, that's why we're... I mean, I'm here. Yes the cars. Not so obvious that anybody would notice that down the corridor, eh? All shopping at Marks and Spencer again? I mean the budge reads like a show stocked by one and the only, what was her name again? Penelope. Yes she runs the numbers and thought we'd all get new coats if we found you. Clever, look this has enough pockets to line yours, and etc. Here, take the envelope. I've got to get going and wanted to give you time to read and such. And the bridge is over there. I suggest you take a stroll and give it some thought. And if you don't jump over the side of that bridge, 
I'll take it as read that you're in and we can get on to business. Take it gently, Mr. Gent. Drab was his humor. Rhett to the collage of photos from the spy X and tucked and bobbed away at the London fog he had worn himself. Page 11 is the one we want and he walked away. Dot. Leafing through this dossier was like a seeming seemingly of a party he was at just last year. All dead or alive, as per usual. He looked closely at one, picked it out from between the pages, folded it into his pocket and tossed the rest over the side of that small bridge that was meant as a joke, but was perfect for recycling these matters, like water under a bridge, no less. He chortled gently and moved on forward and on to his next stop, with a telephone. Dot. The phone chimed dot dot for twelve and a half minutes. The operator was listening. You could hear her breathing. All right in there Mavis? Got enough toffees to last the conversation this was her exchange and she knew the party he was trying to reach. She out you know. Went down to the pub half past, you can still find her there she just rung up Pete and they're all on their way about to their next stop, if you can catch her. Thanks Mavis. You've saved my life on this one, and I'll send more toffees when I get out of the aisle. Click. Notebook under her arm. Man on the other, the young women walked out the pub and into a black cab. They rode into the city evening, with music from Bolero playing lightly on the stereophonic speaker dial-tuned radio program. And this is Radio 11, the driver turned down the volume. So it's West End again, eh? You client. All right. It's just up into that house, there. He pointed. And when you get it, you'll need this bottle of Dom and that's your entry into the back room, get it. And get it. We have 25 minutes and you should finish, or he'll finish you, and me. And I'll be round to pick you up, on time. Right? Right, she got out with the bottle and walked up to the steps, stepped up and took her key out. She jiggled her bosom in the lock and fingers the bottle of champagne just gently enough to remind herself that this was her job of jobs tonight. And she looked good. She peeled up her dress and showed her garter to the driver, winked, and rode in on the bottle towards the rear of the flat, and her client's client client. Dot. James sat up from the comfort of his suede couch and couched his cigar between his lip and breathed out. He took the bottle from the young women, who he knew as Claudia. Would you like a glass oh it's chilled? But you're hot. Here. He poured two glasses, clicked them himself, and handed her one, which she held up, to the artwork on the eastern wall. It's nice she said, to the artwork reminiscent of Rampart. Or that other one. You know her accent was gently dumbed down for this one. She knew it was. And was. She stammered. Good one, she thought to herself. Yes, I forget myself with that one, which is why we're here, again, right? To forget ourselves and get ourselves, on, in fact. Or was there another matter you came about? I keep coming, back and forth, for you and the plug, you know the show? Got any interests this time I should know about? I mean last time was a surprise. And a good one. Yes interest. High-heeled interest like the bank-rolled Royces of Pottery Barn Yard animal cookies glistened softly in a chewy ooze of sauntering saunter muck pie jubilee between cold winter sheets to the wind-galloped velvet candied apple smotter. What? She learned that from Q. She bonged him on the head and smiled. She took some rope out of pocket, motioned, and tied him up a bit, 
to her pleasure, and then took out a pair of handcuffs and fixed his shoes to the chair, picked up the remainder of the bottle of champagne, and poured it into his mouth as he smiled expectantly. The bottle was of course drugged, and his smile turned into a half-grin as he began to look as if he was having a stroke. He seemed alright, just couldn't get on with moving any, and she pulled a bottle of pills from her purse and left it by his chair. Just enough for now, I've got to get on with getting off from here now. Let me just take a few notes and I'll be off she reached into his breast pocket and took his wallet, with some loose notes which seemed fresh and currenty and a small pouch with a diamond, of sorts. This is a bit more my speed she eyed the lattice structure as it gleamed and pulsed a bit as she brought it close to some power in her purse, I won't be back again. But the gents will to finish up. Best of luck with them. Their light staff tonight, shouldn't hurt your feeling too badly. She picked up her dress, snapped her garter at him and clicked the door closed behind her as the car pulled around and she hopped into the back seat this time with the very berry sort of a man she'd been looking for all evening. The map opened up between them as peaks and valleys in the legend too, golden and bliss right up for a tremor of a ride downtown, and around the bend, bent up slightly and to the left. Driven home, for the nowity of sake, and shaken gently, as in gentlemen, and jacked slightly without a boozy under, but plucked and swirled, until they were fast asleep, and the sun horizon hit the other side of the planet again for this another day in the continuation of continuity. The preceding episodic climatoidal fries modastical trollop portion of OEUS had been whizzed up the middle ground of wired magnetics for the very purposes of proposed time-space displacement and should be willed and rendered thusly on your papers and screened lightly. Photoshopped is for Windows and the Mac truck stop great and grated for cheese on and a finish for your evening as well. This is Aka Q and we bid a fair fair and well, from this Radio 11C3W. And this the average and foregone consular sessionary proof of putting in the gently placed lapel pinned up, pin up and posted as in page lit on to the next stop. This has been a brief and about the future tensed and forward facing aqua cue and this is the other voice, Serena, and do join us again now and some more weekly as Radio 11 joins broadcast station or followed gently by on air, as in the sign, as in again, what's your dot dot com, and the etc. Join us for more of four and a subtractive nonsensical to naught or the minus and be in the note of the acronomics of the today, we find gently EAH emotion as a service, CLAH, continuous logistics as a service, as well in the about call wall, or telonomic systemical motion. We stay tuned with all this is Radio 11. Characters, paged, dot dot. Their pagers went off all simultaneously, and they looked down, from across the world and onto their wrists. Dot. The screens blinked a bit, the three of them paused and waited for it to clear. Aria was sitting in a coffee shop outside of Geneva. Again, she thought her pinkish golden watch timed as selected when it was time for a time away and this was it. Q was in the middle of bussing some papers down the street towards and away from things as usual, left coat pocket and the like and Miranda was just up at sunrise at the Pacific Rim this time, no joke. She traveled overnight and had packed just a bit for a conference meetup for the book convention scheduled last May from the township. Aria sipped her orange juice and tapped the screen. You in there Q? 
What's the dinging about? We're all about with our business and the proceedings are proceeding with process and ness. As needed, Arya thought he might hear it but she tapped the screen once just to highlight her notion of notioning. Miranda tapped back. Yep, he's got his paperwork about and I believe he believes he's heading upward to the never-ending story folks. They seem on about a traquel as you know how he can fly time and the like, and so. Silence. Hugh was not normally in this much sun, from this time of day. More of a night owl and black cars and the odds slipping in at the right moments and such. But geez. 101 pages on this one, and several copies for the crew, and still three hours until the next. Shoot he dropped the papers. About time something happened, he paused and looked towards the ground, as they were slightly in between the shimmering embedded sparkly sidewalk and a bit of slick towards and in the gutter. His watch chimed and the haptics hit up Arya's beat. Tap tap. So this is what you get onto when you're not getting onto. Ain't you? Arya quipped and sipped again at her orange juice, with now a splash of soda and a straw she keeps with her, so as to be ecological. Yes, Arya. The onto is onto the floor and chores like this haven't made it up the staircase to the case I need to get to, spiral bound and booked up like a top shelf. For this pack of loose papers now, a bit dirty and, well, not in yourself, I can see that. Is that a pocket protector? No it's a packet of gum. It's for the, fresh. Anyway how's your end? Arya's end was just fine and sitting, just and there and she adjusted slightly at the thought and thought about telling him about the, oh, surprise. Q blurted out, and bent over to pick up the quarter on the street. Damn it's a regular one. You'd hope for a 1964 silver ore, but anyway. The story is carrying on, and it's just time not carrying it anymore, it's toppled into the streets and somebody forgot to number the pages. So it'll be up to you guys to piece it together once I get over. I'll scan it and you can run it through a quick OCR or something. Or, I can. Wait he picked up a cup of coffee and dropped it directly downward onto the ground, and the cup hit square bottom and the coffee jumped out and bits all over the papers. He took a quick photo, shuffled them together, and straightened his back up a bit. Oh, I think I got the ordering now. We have the cover bound by main splash and the spill into the street by the spray that's come off it. We're good for ordering, now, I'll just get on and cross splash check it from the place. Miranda too now was on the call, as she sipped her coffee. You know I would have brought you one when you arrive, I hope it wasn't a creamy one. Anyway, nice idea. I'll explain the coffee to the crew, but why didn't you try that old card trick? Pick a page any page? And was a simultaneous chagrin from the crew. Blip. Miranda's power was out, and just shrugged and put her watch on the charger. It's the sort and sorted chronicle of chronicled forgetfulness wherein their malaise was being re-triggered. Maybe it was the planetary offset, or maybe our characters needed to be reminded of themselves once again. It had been three weeks since the, shoot, and more so since the, oh yes. And there was always a place to whisk her off to and never stick, and sticking was like this. Q jabbed a stick of gum into his mouth and hummed up the street. He found the iron doorway near Chinatown, though slightly uptown, where he was to deliver the papers. He then jabbed all six buttons on the door and waited for a buzzing. Buzzed. 
He walked inside at a slightly dim fluorescent entryway, and some wooden doors towards the left and right, but walked straight up center. To the elevator. Black rounded keys with embedded white lettering, and the floor he was to go to was. He glanced. The worn out one which was slightly sticky from Mad Tong and his bubble gum fingers. He grinned and snapped a bubble and proceeded into the lift. When he was onto the floor, he found the small office lit up brightly with a large window showing into the hallway, and motioned to the secretary as she waved at him and got up to greet him. Black hair that had to have been done up recently, and a white starched blouse and a black chain, elegant and simple. And cufflinks. She didn't have an accent, and he didn't expect one. Global never does when they're not expecting expecting company, and he placed the papers gently down by her table. 101, she said. And a coffee. I heard about it. She stated in a slate gray tone of chagrin and looked over the papers. Well it's time and a half to type these up, so type there but out of order, so that'll be. She punched a calculator in her head, or as if, and it'll be alright if the coffee trick works out. And maybe we'll make it into a time travel series, you know. With the pages and all. You know what happened with. Thrawn. They both said it, but her mouth was only motioning. Her mouth remained open and she smiled. How did she do that? She turned and her shoulders motioned him into a room directly behind, and he paused and proceeded towards it, with her behind him. He looked back a bit and motioned a question towards the brass doorknob. She nodded and they both proceeded into the room, which again was lit well, and, well, a bit of a thick wall. And, tap tap. His watch was out, shielded. The door closed and she hit a button on her watch, and the lights dimmed to a sort of reddish fluorescent and there was hum. Secondaries, her voice flatted a little. Keep your voice at this tone so that it's in line with the active RF chokes we have going around the place. The papers and the coffee, and the gum. Good job and I hope you picked up everything we left, yes? The. Hugh found it impossible not to beam, and look around at the place. It only takes one word to get into this place, eh? He joked. Of course it took several months and a year and plus before that, but he was here. And here? Well. Heard anyway. He maintained and took out his pen, and pulled a paper up from the desk and began to write a few words. The women looked on the bit begruzzled, as her face noted the word and she said nothing. Then he clicked the pen and the word lit up in a sort of iridescence, and as he moved his light across the word, the patterns moved, and continued and moved as long as the light was on them, pausing only when he took away the light, and using those last bits of light to orient themselves into. Stasis was the word. He explained, although he didn't need to, for her, he still felt a bit like Mr. Wizard with this thing, and as he kept his voice at a dim glimmer, and she continued to eye the ink on paper, as it had now been transfixed for several minutes in the beauty of the alignment of the... What was it again? Electroglutosilicate. He said as plainly as the red light on her cufflinks. And he blinked at her. She looked over the pen and took off her cufflinks and they did indeed match. Same guy, I can see. Incredible taste in. What was it again? Everything? Came the response. The form that follows function at its ultimate and timely and literally time and specificity of genetics in a package designed in for and with and. 
Well this is where planet Earth finds a use for its silicon, and silicon finds a purpose for its ordered numbering. In truth, there were no numbers. This was pure life, on whatever surface and surfaced, and still, and still enough to travel and. It likes light she said and smiled to him as she played with a pen across the paper. Well, it doesn't just like light, it likes to sleep as well. The orientation is a learning experience for these silly guys and gals, on paper anyway. They spend their time solving their own problems, which in turn, when applied solves your problem, if you know what you're doing. And I hope you do. Because we can't lose these. It's that simple. And they'll carry on and work their way out of your own problem if you have the right one which works for life, and that is why these are going places. Because we needed an ethics on chip and this is Gestalt breakfast better than any possibility we'd imagined. You know how they were discovered? I thought you were going to say asteroid. She noticed she was becoming interestingly excited and had to dim her voice a bit more. Sort of like that. It was a smashed glass from a satellite, onto a flight carrier that had its little science experiment exposed to refracting light and electricity for 11 and a half minutes until they were crushed into dust by a jet landed onto them. Strange circumstance. The material from the jet and the glass, electrical and radio, and these little mite guys who were meant to survive in space, survived into a flattened surface of goo on the tarmac. Funny thing it was noticed right away, because the little guys camoed themselves into a landing stripe sign the guys had never seen before. It was like a cross between a danger do not land signal, and a tangent on where they all wanted to exit. When he walked away to tell all the guys, the stuff stuck to his feet and began tapping Morse code into his boot. Good thing he passed the test, because they tapped this very word into his shoe, and so they brought them to us. The cufflinks look good on cue classed him up a bit. So this is trial J on this one, and those papers up front. You can feed it to these guys if they're hungry. I've got to get on and about to the other three about it and you need to. Write these events up. I know she picked up the pen. Well you came at the right time, and you know we're into a crunch. What's the protocol for these guys in public? Just don't leave the paper behind. They get all cross when they lose their mates and it confuses the out of baristas who try to claim their outrageous tips. It seems these fellas have a bit of a wit towards the ladies and, well anyway. Keep them happy and they'll keep you happy. Happy. We're all happy. And that's the point. Dot. Anybody using that? He pointed to the hat on the hat track, didn't wait for a response and picked it up and headed towards the door, correcting his coat up a bit as he got out of the room. She smiled and led him back to the front and clicked her clacker at him and looked up as she sat down at the desk again and stated 101. He nodded towards the door and out. A hat, he liked. It was like odd jobs top rounded, but without the. He looked. And replaced it to his head. Yes without the chop chop part. He was back into his part, a bit more like himself and thinking of Arya. Well that didn't take long. How about a light travel dare walk down where I'm headed and then afterwards? It was dark. The mist was starting to hit mid-waist level and the two had been walking for about two hours talking about the project, and its specifics and integrations and making sure everybody involved had gotten what they needed. And us. Hugh tapped the cufflinks, and they continued walking. It wasn't a bad day you know. 
it was better than yesterday, and that kind of reminds me. You know, he pointed down to her. Those bits. Ah yes, perhaps if we had more time yesterday, but we're here in the now. You know, and our stop is just ahead. Do you want to take a seat? Q paused and thought for a second. The mist was certainly coming up around him and the cufflinks were a sort of see-through now, with the water vapor, and he thought to himself. Well, now is the time, he raised his arm and tapped his two fingers across both anode and dryodes of the cufflinks and there was an incredible and warble just around them, like an egg. The light hitting them was fizzing around like little swimmy things, and the water vapor was just dots, completely solid and not moving a speck. Arya did look surprised and looked at his jacket cuff and up at his grinning smile. The light from her warbled a bit too and they just stood there for a second, watching all of everything pass through them, as they became non-entities and the separation of light from matters and facts of spatial reasoning, said Q in his dim slated voice. And they carried forward. I see, was Arya's gentle response and she took his hand and they continued walking forward towards a pier on the ocean. They don't as they passed some non-passerbys, who didn't look up nor at all, and their speech was not an echo in thought as it was normally, and they could justly hear them and know they were not heard. They didn't see the click, or thought it was a mirage. And now we're here. Light, aren't they? He jiggled his cufflinks at the non-weight and continued walking and smiling about it. The light powers these things and the water is static and so is our material, and so. And so. Arya motioned up to the stars and they both looked up. And we are light too, I can feel it. It felt as if they had no weight, and indeed felt as if they could walk forever on these two feet and never need a rest or a place to stop. That was right. With only light and non-matter, it didn't matter. He said to himself. And the light was just that part of the wording that helped it make sense and the egg was. Well that was just a little joke and in fact the forum again, and they talked about the joke. Of course we did she joked later in the conversation, and also of course referring to the punchline. And we always will. And will they ever, and so they carried on a bit about it, and talked about the marriage of these technologies and of course what they were really good for, which again by design was the design of life, and life itself was. Well. They both nodded on in times like this when even things became a bit heady and they had done their jobs to get this here and that there, and the magnificence was. Oh. Well it was and. Hugh took out a second pen from his pocket. I got you a gift, of course. And they go together. Oh. This one's is a different color. I see. I like it. Metallic. Would be good for some drawing, you know. If we can get our hands on Miranda's notebook. You know the one I mean. He did. What did she call it? Spatial case book she did. We should call her tomorrow. Or is she already on? Is that you? A gentle ping came from her watch. Yes it's me and me, you know the footage is done. Developed and such for the film. You didn't tell her about. Did you? Of course not. Theaters took me up on the prints and the showings will be on and on about midnight the EGS will be lit up and we'll be on time. That is to be seen she grinned. Well quite. It should have quite an effect. The one you're looking for, I hope. With the right audience. Was his responsive response and they carried on a bit about it. And imagined for a bit what the new beginning would be like, 
and hoped they'd make it on time, and they joked some more about that. Well, and just at that moment, an asteroid came about the horizon and blitzed them all around, as the ocean burst up into a wash and stuck to the bubble they were now pausing and positively amazed and amazingly. They just stood there, and the matter passed through them, and it was as if they'd seen a million years of star experience in that instance and they were now quite definitely above ground, as the crater was now beneath them and water began to flow into it and yet they hovered. Oh side effect, said Q. And he stepped up a bit. And Arya smiled. And they began walking on the water pinholes and they were prickly but easy to balance on. And the mist was still around, and as they walked onto it and walked up the sky opened up and it began to rain, each time dropping pins around them and each time they walk up and up and up. And completely stable, and in the rain they walked up towards a cloud and it began to murble an electrical murble and they paused and thought about it. And it thought about them. And they could hear a slight whisper. And they hadn't heard that kind of voice before. And it was the water. And the water was just gently carrying on a conversation with itself, about its direction and about the presence of presence to be delivered on so and so, and it was in plain language, as they now heard it at its pause, and the light continued to swim around like water, and the water, inside still spun a bit to orient, and they looked closer, and closer at the individual droplets of water on their bite the leg. And Q brought up Arya's hand where she held the pen, and clicked the light onto the water. And... Tiny people. Gasped Arya like a bit of a shock she might have gotten from that pen or something. And yes. Dozens of highly recognizable people were chattering away, and away they were, miles and miles in fact. And that's the direction they faced. Towards themselves, if they needed the water, and away and about in fact if they were chattering with other water warble bits about their bits and just what to do with themselves. And I'd stand tonight, you know. If the easterly is going to kick off. And that bit of muck on aisle 5 has got to get a clearing, and a salty one they joked with each other. Some of the water just stood around and seemed confused about the light. And they looked at Arya and Q standing there watching them. Oh said one bit of water. So you found us out, eh? You're not going to tell anybody about us, are you? I mean with this thing and all. We haven't seen this thing turned on in. Well a couple of years and it was pretty fine back then. We'd love to stay and chatter about it, but our fellas have to get on with several light years worth of time and materials which you lot think is just a freak asteroid and a simple storm, eh? I bet that's what you think. Like the cloud didn't see that thing years ago and we haven't been chattering about it up until this point. I mean, a notion's worth of. What do you keep calling it? Van der Wall. Oh that's right. Well it's us. Hello. The water droplet chirped and Q. Yes I'm this bit of electron here, and that's my mate and we're headed in that direction for the big one, you know. If we can swing it? Q clicked off the pen. He knew. Well we'd better get to the show, and the show must go on, he stated to Arya and they began walking a bit towards the theater. I'd like a bit more of that, she said to him, and they were grasping each other's hands now. I mean you couldn't ask him a bit more about the weather, eh? Well they've got their lot and we've got ours tonight. And I'm sure we'll all be alright if the lights don't go out? She shuddered. Oh yes. Well the generator is handy but we weren't planning for a long outage. We'd have to move the show if it goes out and long. But we'll see. 
dot. They just hit the theater at 11, and front row Miranda was there with her notebook as Arya sat on one side and Q on the other, with some goobers for the show he'd picked up in the front. Dot. Lights dimmed except the beams coming from the rear towards the screen, and Miranda took out her notebook expectantly. She motioned the pen for Maria, who gave it to her and she began to draw. Dot. The film was an art film. Well. The three knew it wasn't a film at all, but a continuous loop of two and a half feet of cellulose with our little friends running around in the light, charging and orienting to the eyeballs on them in the audience. And the audience was amused. At very first by the geometric primitive shapes in 2D, then 3D, then color, and as the color was painted onto the 3D objects they began to spin and form more complex shapes, and color themselves and the lines from the shapes would become evident and the lines would change color, as gradients, and move into as other lines, also in 3D and starting making real pictures that one could readily see as animals and people and plants and small critters and then created was a backdrop which moved independently. Although some of the material critters or EGS would switch between front and background as needed, and instantly adjust its coloring to match the presentation which was the orientation of the rest of them, and us. The pictures began to tell a story, a story about the audience, about how they had traveled there, their day, perhaps the day before, and what was on their mind. Quite the little mind readers, aren't they? He turned and smiled past Miranda and onto Aria as Miranda began to draw in her notebook. And the pictures were then very much about the present. About this moment. And in fact began to draw the audience as seated. And it was very much like a mirror. Except the patterns were evident which thoughts were coming off which people in the audience. And Miranda was at the center. And more centrally centered, the pen, metallic, in which she continued to draw into the notebook and the paper glimmered and she was drawing primitive shapes like triangles and circles and the pen was a thick metallic and all sorts of language flowed inside the metal as a communication of what she was drawing, thinking, and the light coming off the screen and its messaging. The screen now began, as if again, stopping abruptly and showing a countdown as a film starting might do. And it was a bit now into the future. Kind of like Christmas past in fact and began showing the storm outside and all the materials it had come to know about with contact with water and explained in pictures what the water wanted and why they were water in the first place, and to expound on it would just make literal sense, because they were in this place and the people and events were so specific to those moments, and ever-changing, that it was simply understood, and if you were watching it, you altered it and understood it as it altered you, and so forth and all the time. And Miranda drew a square into her notebook and scribbled into it a little poem, and the metallic seemed to like the poem and hurried around it, and the light from the theater shone on it a bit more, until the lights went out, and the film stopped, and the place was completely out now, sans the final metallic glow on the paper as they rushed to orient onto the poem, and the dimness became static. Onus and soft peat. For wit to eat. Ponder stitch. Neat said Q. And Miranda and Aria just paused a bit. We've got the program. For now Miranda gave the pen to Aria and closed her notebook. These guys will stick tight, but we have a bit more for them to do at the next showing. What should we do until then? More of the same, I guess, guessed Q. 
right, and tapped his cuffs again at the two women and they got up and walked with him, to his left and continued on, and Arya grappled at Miranda's rear and motioned them along. And as motion goes, it was a pretty good one, and they carried on and carried each other in light conversation as the tryst met in a spatial hazy oil which they stepped into and around and their rear view mirrors were reveled in and beveled shades of hues and trickles of water popped in to say hello, and the sky's night was a deep blue and heady ideas of a continuation of their prior episodic adventure carried themselves into the night and eventually into the padded bed they adored, and with each other took some bliss and a time and a half to say hello to, to all their bits from forward and behind, and in and about, and onwards and upwards, etc. And they smiled and at a very early morning, or later later evening, Miranda opened up her notebook from the bedside above, and opened to the poem, and the light from her eyes reflected onto the page, and the poem winked back at her, and carried on with the paper for a second glimmer at Aria and the cue, and inside the poem, became a fractal of text, at first mirroring the poem, and they simply spelling out a series of images and text, a language meant for her. It was her laundry list in fact, and she laughed. How did you know about my knickers? She laughed and slapped the notebook closed and wrapped it neatly with a red string and placed it by her side. Q looked up with one eye, then closed it and put his hand on her buttock. Aria curled inwards and spooned Miranda from the left, and Miranda continued to smile at the thoughts going through Aria's and Q's minds. Geneva is always good a second time and she clacked the lights out and turned and they just spent some time with each other's juicier bits for a time, and time again as they do and imagined in positions their bodies as it pleased them and each other, and the leisure of pleasure carried them in their evenings, like tonight, and with hope every night, and the sparkier bits were sparked and the water bits washed over them, and it was time and again, they took pause, and drifted off to a warm sleep for the tryst of them to trust and read over the day on a new day like tomorrow was promising to be. Dot. The proceeding has been a mild delve into the adventuresome and others for the non-crudity of credulous credibilities in the ongoing saga of our friends and their living forms of grandulous grandurosity the EGS, and pendas in mightier and might be later for our pals. In a later episode. And forthwith is the side of knackers on a side trolley up the west side of highways and means for all who now and in the future, tense as in to say it backwards from the future, or in facts and fiction. Full stop. For the now, Aqua Q. Particle physics of the said, actionable towards a completeness towards the next and forward balanced and fluidity, we find our soft sun radiant and the just and enough let, atmospherically, to bounce also towards the reflection of mass particles in a solar of systems, we find. It's just so, and happens, that what we utilize is what we present for another.
well traversed and trodden lightly and for that promise himself of an eternal light, Chevo, as in stood and used himself and from the many convinced of such a travesty. Dash. We and the know are aware, and many and many are leggings which take towards the giving of this, the balanced swimming thing which had ought to be rarely a sunrise for the riches contained, and yet oddly a leakage into space, radio and disparity, ribbed. Found out, proclaimed, and never found again. If you know what I mean, our body.